Who's ready for the word this morning? I said, who's ready for the word this morning? Amen and amen. I just want to acknowledge Sarah's parents are in town. My in-laws, my father-in-law, and my mother-in-law are in, in town. They're staying with us. And uh, just so you know, I had hair until I met her. And um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. She's precious, though, especially when she's asleep. It's, it's, it's great. But in Acts, we're reading from Acts chapter 2 today. Last week, I started a series on the Holy Spirit. How many of you were here last week? How many of you enjoyed the Word last week? Well, that was rough. I said, how many of you were here last week? I better sharpen up my skills then. All right. God blessed us last week as it was Pentecost Sunday. And this week, we're continuing with the series on the Holy Spirit. I want to teach to you today a little bit. From Acts chapter 2. Last week was Pentecost Sunday, and we talked about last week, if you can recall about Pentecost, is all about the harvest. Pentecost was originally a, uh, a feast, a festival on the Jewish calendar. And on that calendar, it was all about celebrating the harvest. That's what it was all about. It was all about celebrating the harvest. They would bring in their tithe. They would bring in a portion of their harvest, and they would offer it up uh, as a sacrifice. And it was just a moment of celebration. So now we, we, we have been empowered by the Spirit. The Word says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Why did he give us the power to be his witnesses? Why does he he needed witnesses because it's Pentecost. It's for the harvest. Everything that he is doing for us, it is not for our own. Uh, as I said last week, the Holy Spirit is not uh, the gifts and the Holy Spirit is not for our enjoyment, but he gave us the Holy Spirit for our deployment. And that is what he has done. He has given us these gifts and the power of the Spirit to deploy us. Why? For the harvest. And there are things, as I said last week, there are things in life that you will not be able to achieve in the lower rooms of your life. Everyone needs to get to an upper room, an upper room. And when you get to an upper room, you begin to see things in a kingdom perspective. You see things in ways that you could not see on the ground. But when you rise up, if you remember last week, I was on top of the ladder. Whenever you get up to the top and you look out, you begin to see things differently. You start to see things from a kingdom perspective. You start seeing things about uh, in, in a harvest perspective. Perspective. And that was what all that's what Pentecost is all about. And today we're going a little further in the scripture. I'm going to stay with about two verses today on Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two. And it reads this. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, someone say fully. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was not partially, it was not almost, but when it had fully come, they they were gathered together in one mind. And then they were in one accord, one mind and one accord. They were unified that day. And in verse 2, it says, Suddenly, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house, that upper room, where they we're sitting. Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now, God, that you would touch me, that you would open up our hearts and our ears today, oh God. God, I pray, God, that these people who are gathered here today would receive this word, that this word would begin to fall on fertile soil this morning, God. And I just, I thank you for what you are about to do in this place. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. When the day of Pentecost had 
fully come, fully come. I spoke just briefly about that last week, but I want to go a little deeper into that this week about when it had fully come, when Pentecost had fully come. See, so many people in today's life, so many people want something right now when they're not even ready for it. So many people want something right now that they're not even ready for. They want, they want the wedding ring. They want, they, they want the big house. They want the dream job. They want all of these things, but, 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 but they're really not ready for it. So many people wanted it yesterday, but their tomorrow is not ready for it. They wanted it to happen yesterday, but, they're, but they have done no preparation for it. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about preparing, and we talked about Elisha digging dishes, uh, ditches. And here he was. What it was, he was preparing what God was about to do. And so many people wanted it yesterday, but their tomorrow is not even ready for it. And as I have spoke to you so many times about in these few uh, short months that we've been together, God's timing is perfect. His timing is always perfect. There are things in your life that you think he has forgotten about or that he has or that he is withholding from you. But what you really don't understand is that you are are just simply not ready for that moment yet. It has not fully come. You're just not ready for that yet. You're not ready for that job yet. Why? Because it would swallow you up at this stage of life that you're in. The time has not fully come yet. You are, you think you're, that you're ready for the marriage, but you're not ready for that marriage yet because your current lifestyle cannot handle putting someone else before yourself. The time has not fully come yet. You're not ready for the spotlight yet. You want a solo. You're ready for the lights. You're ready for the camera. You're ready for the action. You're ready for the spotlight, but you're just not ready for it yet. Why? Because the critics would eat you for lunch and your skin isn't quite thick enough yet to be on a stage in front of people. Let me tell you something. As soon as you stand on a stage, you get critics. We are releasing this is a great place for advertisement. We are now releasing our sermons are online. They're on, they're on iTunes. You can go to iTunes and there are podcasts. You can go on there and you can listen whenever you're at the beach, whenever you're, uh, we've got people, we've got some family, uh, some legacy family in Korea uh, this week. They're going to be listening over there. So wherever you are, you can, you can go online and you can listen to our messages. But guess what? As soon as I do this, guess what? There's going to be critics out there who are listening just to critique me. That's what it's about. And so many times we want the spotlight, we want the solo, but guess what? You're just not ready yet to be critiqued. Your skin isn't thick enough to take it. You're not ready for that dream house yet. You want, the, you want that house. You've been trying to get it, but you're not ready for that size of mortgage payment yet. Why? Because your income could not support it yet. The time has not fully come yet. And while you are thinking that you have been forsaken and that, and that you are thinking that he is withholding some great blessing from your life, you must understand that one of the greatest blessings that he can give to you is the blessing of it's not fully come yet. 
patience, the, 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 the act, the process of waiting is simply one of the greatest blessings that he can give to you. But oh, when the time has come, but oh, when it has fully come, when that thing is ready to happen, when God looks down on earth and says the earth needs a Pentecost, when God looks down on earth and says he's ready for the harvest, when God looks down and he's ready for you to produce that CD, when God looks down for you and he's ready for you to release that new book, when God is ready for you to launch that new church, when God is ready for it to happen, there is nothing that will be able to stop it. When you look at your watch and your watch says fully come, there is nothing that the devil will be able to do to stop it. There's no devil in hell that can stop what God wants. There's no demon can hinder it. There's no hater that can pray it away. There's no jealousy that can make it stop. There's no competition that can deflect it. No woman can stand in the way and no man will be able to close it. When God says that it is done, consider it done. It has fully come. When God is ready for something to happen, he is ready for it to happen. And when it has fully come, there is nothing that will be able to stop it. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, see, it not, it, 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 what it is implying is when it was dead set, when the clock had struck, when God's timing was perfect, it was fully come. See, there had been moments throughout Scripture Previously throughout scripture, even in the Old Testament, where the spirit was moving, but it had not fully come. Even in the Old Testament, but it had not fully come. The Bible, the, the, actually the Bible starts off in Genesis 1 and 2, starts off by speaking about the spirit. The Bible starts talking about the ruach. It's a Hebrew word, ruach, and it is the wind of God. Ruach is mentioned, the wind of God, the ruach of God is mentioned almost 400 some odd times throughout scripture. In Genesis 1, 2, it says, and the spirit of God, or the ruach of God, or the wind of God was hovering over the waters. So from the very beginning of time, the spirit was present. It was hovering over the waters. And although there were moments when the spirit was moving before the book of Acts, before the day of Pentecost, it had not yet fully come. See, just like a woman giving birth, there are moments when no one even knows that she's pregnant. There are moments of celebration as you reach milestones. You reach the first trimester, the second. There are moments when you hear the baby's heartbeat. There are moments whenever you feel the baby kick. There are all of these moments throughout pregnancy. And then there comes the moment whenever the womb or that woman cannot hold that child inside of them any longer. It is time for it to fully come. And although you have been pregnant for months, and although you have felt the child move, and although you've had the nursery ready uh, for months, uh, it has not yet fully come but when it has fully come there are sounds that happen in a delivery room women 
There are sounds that happen on the birthing floor. There are sounds that happen when that door closes and whenever you are pushing that thing out that are not everyday sounds. There are painful groans. There are deep moans. There are screams of release. There are tears. There are shouts. But it still has not fully come until somebody hears the cries of that child. See, when God says that it has fully come, it releases a sound that the enemy can hear. Mm. When something that has been God-ordained has fully come, it does not come quietly, but it comes with a sound. Everyone else may not be able to hear it around you, but the enemy can hear the sound of a God-ordained thing happening. And just as the devil knows the difference between the sound of a worshiper and just an entertainer, he also knows the difference between the sound of a God plan and a human plan. By the sound that it is releasing. See, when it's a God plan, there is something different about the, the, the sound. The God plan is a sound that is uplifting. It has the sound of a kingdom. But when it's a human plan, it, it, it simply just has noise or a racket. And it's almost like 1 Corinthians 13. That they actually begins off talking. It says, some may speak in tongues, but if they're not doing it in love, if they're, if they're only doing it for themselves, it says that it has a sound and it says that it has the sound of a resounding gong or just a clanging cymbal it is a human plan it was for themselves but when God releases something on earth and it has fully come it has a sound that even the deepest parts of hell can hear can I get an amen this is why the church needs to be the loudest organization on earth I'll say it again. This is why the church should be the loudest organization on this earth. Why? Because we are part of a God plan. Why? Because he is calling us to fully come. Why? Because there is a harvest. The church should be the loudest organization on the planet. This is why we should not have to be coached to worship. Why? Because we are releasing sounds of a God plan. We are releasing sounds of a group of people that understands the power of the Holy Spirit. We are releasing a sound that has fully come. What kind of sounds are you releasing, though? Hmm. What kind of sounds are you releasing? That's the question. Hmm. That's a tough one. Ask yourself, what kind of sound am I releasing today? What kind of sound is coming from your mouth? Hmm. If I were to ask your coworkers to define the sound of your mouth, how would they describe it? That's what I thought. If I were to ask people who live with you, describe the sounds that they are releasing, what would it be like? What kind of sounds are coming from your home? What kind of sounds are you releasing over social media? Are they sounds of the kingdom? What are you releasing? What kind of sounds are you releasing? God has called us to a God plan. And he is calling us to release sounds that are drawing the harvest to him. He is calling us to that moment. So what kind of sounds 
are you releasing? When people hear you, what do they hear? Do they hear the sounds of the oppressed? Do they hear the sounds of defeat? Do they hear moans of laziness? Well, guess what? If so, I have come to remind you that Pentecost, or a season of harvest, has fully come. So you must release sounds of victory. God is calling the church to release a war cry. He's calling his people to release the sound of the cross. He's calling his people to release the sound of an empty tomb. He's calling his people to release the sound of Ruach, like the wind of God blowing upon the earth. He is calling the church to release the sound of fully come. He's calling his church. Look at your neighbor and say, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear? That was, that was weak. Look at your neighbor and say, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Because you see, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. See, I hear the sound of somebody getting their joy back. I hear the sound of somebody finding freedom. I hear the sound of Pentecost. I hear the sound of a harvest finding their father. I hear the sound. So what kind of noises are you releasing? Are you releasing a sound of Pentecost? Are you releasing the sound of a harvest? And in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had what? It had fully come. They were gathered together in one mind and in one accord. And then there was suddenly a sound. Hmm. You need to understand this today. That before sounds can be released... There must be unity. Hmm. Before you can release big sounds for the kingdom, there must be unity. This passage of scripture lays it out well. The significance of this timeline is so huge. It goes unity, then sound. Unity, then sound. Whenever you go out and you would try to release noises, noises by yourself, those noises often fall flat. Why? Because you need to, to make a noise. You really need unity in your life. So many people skip the first step of unity because that's what takes work. And they want to go straight to releasing a sound. Hmm. Unity takes work. Unity is not easy. Unity takes work. But so many people, they want to skip the unity and go straight to the sound. Why? Because they like the hype. They don't like silence. They want to be heard. They want to make a noise. They think if they make a noise that that will equivalent their success. Hmm. They think that noise means success. When we had started talking about planning a church, I had about, it was last June. This is June, right? Okay, sorry. It's, it's been a wild year. A year ago, this month, about 15 people were seated in my living room. People knew I was planning a church. People wanted to start talking. And I said, no, 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 no. In one moment, I was praying about the church, and God says, you need to be silent. Don't care about the haters. Don't care about who's talking. Just be silent. Just be silent right now. Because, see, if I went out and just started talking about, yeah, we're planting this church. It's going to be here and here. And we had no structure. We had no unity. 
If the 15 people who were seated in that living room did not know anything about the core values, did not know anything about the beliefs, if they were not unified, we would not be here today. Why? Because we would have been out barking about something that we were doing, but there would have been no unification. There would have been no preparation for it. And God said, no, 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 just remain silent until you are unified. And then we got to the point where everybody was on the same page. Everybody knew what, what we were after. Everybody knew that our vision was to reflect the kingdom of God to every generation and, 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 and every tribe. Everybody knew that, 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 that we were that we, we wanted a diverse church. Everybody knew that everybody was going to be welcome through the door. Everybody knew that everyone was welcome. Everybody knew that we were going to be a spirit-filled church. Everybody knew that we were going to be a worshiping church. Everybody knew that we were going to be a uh, that we were going to be a church that it was going to be preaching the word. Everybody was on the same page, and then we could release a noise. He said, just be silent. See, because if you want to hear sounds of heaven, you must be unified. Mm. If you want to hear sounds of heaven, you must be unified. See, if you want to hear sounds of hell, all you got to do is, is, is bring up division. And you will hear sounds that has nothing to do with the kingdom. But if you want to hear sounds from heaven, you must be unified. The book of Acts just happened because the people of Acts came together in one mind, with one mission, with one goal, and with one faith. That's why the book of Acts was able to be written. That's why Pentecost was actually able to fully come because they were unified together in one mind, in one accord. You were made to do life with others. You were made to do life with others. You were not made to stay in your home by yourself. You were not made to be lonely. That is exactly what the devil wants for you. Isolation. Because it sounds like ice. And before you know it, your soul and your mind and your spirit will be like ice whenever you get so isolated. You were meant to do life with others. You were meant to walk with others. You were meant to come into agreement with others. It's part of scripture. Legacy believes it so much that it's part of our core values. Live life together. And as I stated last week, the people you allow in your room will define the room that you are in. The people that you allow into your life before you know it, they will start defining where you are at. And the people in your room and the people that you become unified with has a lot to do with where you are headed and what it will look like when you will get there. Suppose Ruth never met Naomi. Suppose Timothy never had a Paul. Suppose Elisha never met Elijah. There are people that once you unite with them, you will never be the same, and it's all for the good. And as a pastor, it's my desire for Legacy Church to be the place for you that once you come into unity with this place, that you will never be the same. That is our prayer. Speaking of unity, don't turn there, but make note of John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Jesus is about to be arrested. This will lead to his crucifixion. This will lead to his resurrection, which will one day lead to Pentecost. This is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. And in this chapter, the entire chapter in my Bible is all read because Jesus is talking and praying this entire chapter. He is praying to the Father in John chapter 17. The longest recorded prayer 
of Jesus. And in verse 11, listen to what he says. He says, so that they may be one as we are one. In verse 21, his last prayer is that all of them may be one. In verse 22, that they may be one as we are one again. And in verse 23, he says, may they be brought to complete unity. See, the theme is clear. It was his desire that, that for the unity of his believers, that for the unity of the church to be like that of the unity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to be so close. Why? Because he knew that when we get together in unity, that there would be moments of Pentecost, that there would be moments that no devil could stop. He knew that it would take people getting together for moments that, that, that would reach great mounts of harvest. He knew that it would take people coming together. He said, I want them to be together so close like we are close, oh God. I want them to be like the Trinity. Isn't this amazing? As Jesus is about to give his life up, he is urging everyone to stay in unity. Why? Because he knew that in a little while, more than 50 days from now, that his followers were going to need such a level of unity to see something like Pentecost fully come. Unity. Unity. I'm closing with this today. Unity. It is so important that you note that unity should not be confused with sameness. Hmm. Unity should not be confused with sameness. Everyone doesn't have to look the same to be unified. Everyone doesn't have to sound the same to be unified. Everyone does not have to be uh, uh, on the same level. Everyone does not have to be the same to achieve unity. See, because when a football team lines up on a line of scrimmage, there are people there of all different sizes and shapes. There are some with, with body structures that, 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 that are meant for defense and to block. And then there are some that, that are more slender because they need more speed. But although they look, the, they look different, they are at different body masses and body weights, and they have and, and, and they have different, they come from different backgrounds, and their skins are different color. Although they are on this same line, and although they look really different, they have one purpose in mind: the end zone. They're not the same. They don't look the same. They're not the same. But they have one goal. They're joined together with purpose. And the purpose they are looking at is the end zone. See, the, the unity that Jesus is praying for in that passage of Scripture is a unity like the Trinity. It's not about the sameness. Because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the people that he are talking about, that he is talking about, they are three different people. But together they come together with the same purpose. They're three different people making up the one. But each member of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they all had different roles. But they came together for one purpose.
And he said, I want you to be like that. Different. But one purpose. And when you come together with the power of my spirit, with believers who look different, but we've got the same purpose. He said, there will be times, suddenly moments, that nobody on earth could orchestrate. You will not be able to buy moments like this. But when you get together with believers who are in one mind, in one accord, and they look different, but you've got the same purpose, and you can look past all of those things, and you can just say the purpose is the harvest. I can see the harvest. That's what we're going after. You may not look like me. You may can't sing. You can play. I can't play, but you can sing. You can't sing, but you can teach. You can't teach, but you're good with kids. And all of a sudden, you get together with these people. He says, I will create suddenly moments for you that will release Pentecost. It will release an outpouring of my spirit. It will release a harvest to you. Unity is purpose-driven, not person-driven. And as soon as someone in the group makes it person-driven or about me, unity becomes lost. Unity becomes lost. I have a rope here. Scripture says that a three-cord rope is really hard to break. We used to sing the old song, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Bind us together with love. It says three-corded strand. It's not easily broken. And he says the church needs to be wrapped up so tightly that the devil cannot get in. Do you understand? And they are calling our history right now the most divided state that America has ever been in. And you know what? The church in America is at one of the most divided states it has ever been in. And I'm not talking about different denominations. I'm talking about biblical beliefs. I was having a conversation with a pastor three weeks ago, and they're asking me, what, how did you do this? What's going on over there? We see your parking lot. We see your flags. We see people sharing stuff on Facebook. How are you doing this? And every time someone asks me about the church, I always start and said, it was the Lord. 
I always say it was the Lord. I don't talk about systems. I don't talk about structure. I say it was the Lord. You wouldn't believe the miracles. I, you wouldn't believe the miracles. You wouldn't believe the provision. You wouldn't, oh, it is miracle after miracle after miracle. I, that, that's the way I talk about the church. Then I say you wouldn't believe the people that we have serving. You wouldn't believe the energy. You wouldn't believe the, the atmospheres that they create. You wouldn't believe almost every person who's come to this church has been invited by some of our core people. You wouldn't believe it. It has been miracles. And I'm standing in a, sitting in a coffee shop and I am talking about miracles, just this excited about them. And they look at me. They said, I hear you saying miracles a lot. This is a Christian church in this city. And I said, yes. They said, oh, you're one of those that preach miracles? And I look at them like, you're one of those that don't preach miracles? And I said, yes. And they said, oh, oh, uh, okay. And the conversation was, went down from there. And I'm sitting here like, how does this happen? In the Bible Belt of America, in Christian churches, don't teach miracles. <laughs> it sounds crazy. And all of a sudden, not only miracles, but beliefs about marriage and everything. All of a sudden, we've become divided. And the Lord says, I need the church to be releasing such loud noises. Not, not, not. Not on social media. I don't need you to be picketing, and I don't need you to do all of that stuff. If that's what you want to do, you go right ahead. He said, but I don't need the church. He said, I just need the church to worship. I need the church to lift up a sound. Because when I am exalted, the word says, I will draw all men unto me. He said, the church needs to be loud. You don't have to be controversial. You don't have to be out there with signs picketing. He said, I just need you to release sounds in the workplace, the sounds of Pentecost. I need you, stop it, stop just coming in here to worship you need to be you need to be worshiping in the streets we can't have a worship we can't have revival in the streets until there's revival in the church he says i just need you to release sounds all throughout the week together I need you to be crying out to each other in worship. I need you to be releasing sounds that sounds like the kingdom but you can't do that divided he says i need people to get together and worship. I need people to get together with cords that cannot be broken. I need the church. Why? Because it's Pentecost. Do you know we are living in Pentecost? Because the next Feast after Pentecost on the Jewish calendar is what? The Feast of Trumpets. The next feast we will be celebrating is when we hear the trumpet. There are churches in this town that are preaching there will be no trumpet. I come to share good news with you. The trumpet shall sound and those that know him shall be called up with him. 
Guess what? So until we are celebrating, until we hear the trumpet, guess what feast and festival we are to be living in? It is the festival of Pentecost. It is the feast of Pentecost. That means why? Because he wants a harvest until the trumpet sounds. And we can't get a harvest until we are bound together with strong cords that cannot be broken. Come here, Ben. Put this cord around you. Put it, you hold this. Wrap us together. This is what he wants. Bound together. But guess what? So many times the church is like this. You try to walk that way. Just turn that way, bro. And we're doing like this. I want that color. No, I want that color. No, I want the rich people. No, let's go to the poor people. No, I want that sound. No, I want that sound. I want hymns. No, I want new music. I want an orchestra. No, I want loud drums. No, I want blue carpet. I want black carpet. No, why are you painting that wall black? It looks like Satan. I don't get it. Over here, over here. But guess what? And then guess what? The harvest is out here watching the church. Somebody, mm, somebody's going to get saved today. I don't care what. Somebody's life is going to change because you are one of these people like this. You're not facing the harvest. You're facing this way. And we're like this. And the church, how long? You want to know why so many churches cannot survive? It's because they are dead. Do you want to know why they're dead? It's because so much of this has been going on for years. And God is calling the church to be bound together with strong cords of love that cannot be broken. And when you get there, guess what will happen? There shall be a harvest. Why? Because you will start releasing a sound like no other, a unified sound. Do you know what a unified sound sounds like? It sounds just like heaven. And all of a sudden, you will begin to release noises of Pentecost. Then all of a sudden, there shall be a harvest. Walk with me. Come here, my brother. Come on. Get in this circle with me. Pull it tight. Come on, let's walk. The church must walk together. We got to move together. We got to live together. We got to pray together. Whenever the Lord says, you no, 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 you need to go this way. You need to go this way. Whenever the Lord, whenever the Lord says, you're going to go that way, all tradition must go when God speaks. Because do you want to know what that is? That is called religion. I knew that wouldn't go over well. Come on, Victoria. You're Victoria, right? That's what I thought. Come on, Victoria. We need a woman in the midst. Because you know what? It's going to take women of fire in these last days to reach women that men cannot reach. There's a place for women in this. Come on up in here, my sister. Jay. And all of a sudden, the church is walking together. The church is moving together. Mark, come here. Mark is in here. Where are you from, Mark? England. England. Don't you just love that? Don't everybody wish they had an accent like that? That English accent? We think we're English accents. No. Come on. And all of a sudden, guess what? We've got people. Let's turn around here. Let's line up in one line. Let's line up in one line, shoulder to shoulder. And all of a sudden, we've got people from different backgrounds 
we've got people of different skin tones. We've got people who dress different, people who act different, people who have hair, people who have no hair, people, all these different, we've got people, who, we got people from different nations. This is prophetic for this church. This moment, this picture is prophetic for this church because when this church can get together with people who are not like them, who do not move, let's just sway like this, to the left, to the right, to the left. Come on, white people, act like you got it. To the right, to the left, to the right, to the left. And when we begin to move in harmony, come on, just, 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 just pretend you got some rhythm. And whenever you, whenever you can move in harmony, and guess what? The movement begins to make a sound in the city. And there will be pastors that say, what's going on? And I say, we're just moving. We're just moving in the spirit. We're moving to a season of Pentecost. See, we're not all the same, but we're just moving together. And then, then all of a sudden, your movement starts going into the streets. You want to grow a church? Start talking about your church in a positive manner. You want to talk about it? You want your church to start growing? Whenever there's something moving, you start talking about it. And then people, people who are hungry, you want somebody, you want to make people hungry? You eat in front of them. You let them know the goodness of God. You let them know what God is doing. You let them know that a spirit is moving you let them know that we got white people black people we got people who are tall we got people who are little we got people who are skinny as I am and guess what all of a sudden guess what we are moving together why because God wants the church to be moving together and we don't have to look the same we don't have to be the same but guess what we've got to be moving the same and when we start moving it will fully come a sound of heaven a ruach a wind will blow in this city his spirit will move us it will empower us and when it has fully come there will be a Pentecost moment that this city will not be able to contain that these walls will not be able to contain. And before you know it, there will be a harvest. And before you know it, speaking prophetically, we will have to have two services. We will have to have three services. We will have to find another location. Why? Because a harvest is coming to a church who is not scared to get together, who is not scared of the power of the Spirit, and is just ready to move together. Can we stand up in this place? Thank you. Just drop the rope. Just drop the rope. Can we just offer God up some praise in this place? Come on. Put your hands together. You can be seated. You can be seated. Move with it. Move with it. They marched around the walls in silence. But on the seventh time, they released, after they were unified, they released a shout. And the walls came down. There needs to be a church that is releasing a sound of heaven.
that is preaching about miracles, that is preaching about heaven and hell. There needs to be a church that is wrapped up so tight that the devil cannot get in the door, that whenever he gets in the door, conviction even hits the devil so much that he has to release God's people. There must be a church in this city, and I can't think for a greater place for it to be than right here at Legacy Church. Today, we make a declaration, God. Today, this church is making a declaration that we will be a unified body. The little things in life we're not going to argue over. We're not going to fuss over. We're not going to update our social media about the little things. Why? Because it's about the harvest. We are going to be a church that is living, dwelling in an upper room where everything we see looks like the kingdom. Every person that we see, we see a harvest. Every drug dealer that we meet, we're, they're not a drug dealer. They're part of the harvest. Every, every prostitute standing on the corner, they're not, we're not just talking about them, God, but we're praying for them. Why? Because they're part of the harvest. Oh, God, let this be a church that is wrapped together with strong cords of love that cannot be broken. Why? So we can be a church that is living out the Pentecost moment, that is living out the mandate for the harvest until we hear the trumpet sound. Can you just close your eyes for a moment, bow your heads? If you are in this place today, I just want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's no better day than Father's Day to come home to the Father. And if you are here today and you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you say, I need him in my life. Would you just raise up your hand in this place? I want to pray with you today. Anyone need Jesus? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place, God. God, as we walk throughout this week, God, may this imagery of this rope be etched into our mind, oh God. May we move together this week. May we walk together this week. Let us move to your beat and let us move toward the harvest. We're moving toward the harvest today. Why? Because we're living in Pentecost until the trumpet sounds. It's going to be all about the harvest, oh God. So empower us this week. God, I pray, God, that we seek your face this week, God. Breathe upon us, Anuma. Breathe upon us your fresh breath, oh God. And I thank you for what you're going to do. It's in your name. Amen and amen. I really want to invite you to be here next week. I've got a word I'm going to be preaching. I'm not going to be teaching next week. I already feel the preach coming on. It's going to be next week. So invite your friends, invite your family. We're continuing with the Holy Spirit. Be sure you are here next week at 10 o'clock. Also, go online and register for Legacy Track or Vacation Bible School. It's going to be great. We need your help. And also, just as a reminder, if you'd like to give to the mission and the vision of this house, our ushers are standing at the door and you can give as you leave today. I thank you so much. May you have a great week. Remember, love God, love people, and let's leave a legacy this week. See you all next week. God bless.